Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics, Baby Lock, The Electric Quilt Company, and Northcott. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics, Baby Lock, The Electric Quilt Company, and Northcott. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat. You know, I am so excited when I find somebody doing really interesting things with fiber. And Sharon Wesney is one of those people. When I took a look at her site and the kind of work she was doing, uh, it was like, it was pretty exciting. I thought, oh, this is this is something we need to know more about. So, Sharon, I am so glad you're able to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to be able to do this. It's it's fun. I used to do a radio program in my previous life, and so this is kind of, ah, <laughs> oh, let's do this again. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. What was the topic of your of what you did? Well, I, I worked for Extension, so I did a weekly radio program on educational topics. Oh, cool. Okay, well, this is kind of <laughs> educational, right? Fun education. Yes. That's... <laughs> so, Sharon, when did you start getting interested in quilts? Um, actually, with the uh, bicentennial of the United States, when, ah. when the quilting revival kind of started, then it's like, oh, hey, I like to sew. I have always sewn um, in 4-H and that type of thing. But when the quilting movement started, I joined. Uh, you know, that was such a huge uh, resurgence of quilts. That, is, that must have been a bit exciting. Were you excited about quilts when, when that was going on? Yes, and actually I immediately started designing things and looking oh. at um, the <laughs> traditional patterns and thinking, okay, how can I do this different from what my grandmother did? And um, so it's been, been a long journey. Oh. Well, you know, what are your quilts like now? You know, because I'm sure they're a bit different than they were back in the bicentennial. Well, <laughs> I have to say, because I was working back then, I I didn't finish very many <laughs> I still have some of those started projects, but I'm much more interested in art quilts now and um, using different fabrics and um, fibers and incorporating those into my quilts. And so I really enjoy doing the art quilts, but we have so many beautiful fabrics today that I, I like them all. I like color. I like um, fiber. I like touching and feeling the fabric, so... Yeah, your work, I think, has that feel, Sharon, where when I see it, I mean, I'm just seeing it in photos, but it's like, I do want to touch it. There's lots of layers. Yes, 
Yes, I do. Um, I, and I guess I'm, I'm pretty much moved by memories or my experiences, and so I tend to pick designs, even traditional blocks. I just finished a quote I call Ode to the Quilters of 57, which was oh. a tribute to my grandmother. And I used um, Grandmother's Choice, um, Farmer's Daughter, the traditional blocks, but used some of the modern fabrics to, to make that quilt. So it's a, a little bit of a switch from what Grandma would have done. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that it is amazing. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, Sharon, is that you do a lot of uh, sort of, man- I would call it manipulating your fabric uh, in many ways. And one of that is dyeing it. Uh, yes. What yes. got you into that? Um, actually, I can tell you it was Wendy Richardson and seeing her her products um, with the vintage linens, I was just mm-hmm. taken with those. And because my grandmother was a crocheter, um, and I and and did a lot of different types of needlework, as did three of my great aunts, I had a, a lot of that um, product available to me. And when I saw her dyed stuff, it's like, okay, I've got to I've got to try this. And um, my my latest thing is the ice dyeing. I just it just fascinates me how things um, come out, and you can. You can pour on the color or you can sprinkle on the dry dye powder, but you have no idea what's actually going to come out. And I just, I love that surprise. So, so that's actually using ice, right? When you say ice dyeing. Yes. Yes. Ice and dry powder as opposed to um, dissolving the dye and um, immersing the fabric into it. Um, Just two different methods of, of dyeing. Yeah. You know, it, it does create such an amazing texture. Your your business website is yes. something stitched, so people can look for you on Instagram and see a lot of what you're doing, sort of like real yes. time there on your yes. account. Um, but you have a great connection, Sharon, to American Patchwork and Quilting magazine. Uh, you you actually designed something that was in the magazine. Tell me about that. Yes. Um, well, last summer, um, actually it started before the summer, but uh, last summer was when I had a uh, bench pillow uh, published because American uh, Patchwork and Quilting, or actually it was Quilts and More magazine, was doing a, what they call a scrap lab challenge. And they contacted my favorite fabric store down here and and asked if we were interested in creating a design. And bench pillows were really selling. And so um, I had just finished an applique design and had made just a small little wall hanging. And so we translated that into a pillow. And it has a lot of dimension to it with some yo-yos and um, um, some folded hexagon flowers and um, decorative stitching with decorative threads, um, that type of thing. That is so fun. You know, what, what shop was this for? Um, this is for Hickory Stick Quilt Shop mm-hmm. in you Hannibal, do a lot. Missouri. In Han- yeah, because you do a lot with them, don't you? Yes, I do. I do. I um, Pat has taken me under her wing and um, asked me to design some things um, for her. And right now we're really busy with um, Hannibal's Bicentennial. And we have actually um, had some specialty fabric printed and um, panels made and... Um, three or four designs coming with that. So that's oh, been neat. keeping me very busy. 
Oh, neat. Yeah, your your creativity just is amazing. It's you you're always showing something, you know, just these little peaks. Like you had your buttons up there, your antique buttons and they were all beautifully yes. set, laid out in a in a big circle. Very cool. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> do you, you know, when you're when you need more creativity, Sharon, you know, what do you do to sort of kickstart yourself? I mean, I feel like you probably never have that happen. Oh, uh, yeah, I think my husband especially doesn't think that ever happens. But <laughs> one one of the things that I, I think that I do, I look at quilts a little bit differently. I like to go to shows. I like to look in magazines. I like to look online. But I like to look at um, the techniques that people are using. And then I think about, um, well, what are they doing with that? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, now how might, oh, gosh, I might use that for thus and such idea. And so um, it it just... It just takes off from there. So really looking at those top prize-winning quotes, perhaps, and seeing what they have done. Um, and, and sometimes it's even just um, a spark, seeing seeing a particular color of ribbon in, in mm-hmm. somebody's booth at a quilt show and saying, oh, that's exactly the color I need, and now what can I do with <laughs> um, with that? And how can I how can I carry out a design also? Um I, I walk every day by an old abandoned barn, and I kept thinking, I, somehow I have got to capture that barn. And um, so I just start, you know, collecting ideas and thinking about it until finally the plan comes together, and it's like, okay, here's the barn. It's not a patchwork barn. It's, <laughs> it may have organza, and it may have a lot some painted fabric, some dyed fabric, um, wonder under leaves, who knows. Um, a lot of different things. So, I think that plays into what you told me, Sharon. We have we have probably about two minutes, but you told me you okay. were more of a process person. Uh, yes. how, so, how do you see that ultimately translating into your quilts? Well, I'm constantly looking at how might I do something. How might I borrow something from someone else or something else? It may be something in nature, um, and how do you how do you do that? But um, to just think creatively about the process, and then, and then as I've, I've said, it's not the finish for me. It's oh my gosh, look at what created. It's just like when stuff comes out of the the um, dye bath. It's like oh my gosh, isn't that gorgeous texture? Oh my gosh, that looks like wisteria. That looks like an iris. That looks like um, whatever. And so I go from there, and then I get far enough to know that. Yes, I can translate that into it, and so it may take me several months before I get back to actually finishing it because there may be something that I want to um, add to it, or it needs it needs something, but it hasn't come to me yet just exactly what that something is. So yeah, well, I you know I love hearing that because I really like how people think about their work, you know, where it takes them with some little yeah. idea and the, the end result, you know, it's always so neat to hear that process. Um, do you also have just one little tip to share with us about how you, you do some of the things you do? Well, one of the things that I, I always think more people know about, but um, I paint the paperbacked fusible and um and then you can iron that onto uh, your fabric and what i what i use it a lot for is leaves um and so i paint them all different kinds of colors with um metallic paint 
and then iron, cut out the leaf shape and iron that on. And it just adds a little bit of different texture. And there's, my daughter says, there's not one of your quilts, Mom, that can't use a leaf on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of become my signature. But but I think if people will think about that, how can I add a little bit of texture sure. um, to this quilt? And that's one of the ways that I like to do it. Well, Sharon, this has been so delightful. Your work is amazing. Everybody visit Sharon at Something Stitched in the links at my website. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you so much, Pat. This has been enjoyable. We'll be right back. Moda Fabrics started in 1975 as United Notions. Today, Moda Fabrics leads the way with innovative fabrics designed in-house and by many of the industry's most popular designers and creative talents. As for United Notions, it continues to distribute the very best notions, books, patterns, and supplies available. Moda Fabrics and Supplies is what you may hear them go by now, but they still have the same great products and customer service they've had for more than 40 years. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest in fabric and notion. Want to design your own quilts? Now you can with Electric Quilt 8 software. Design quilts, blocks, and import your favorite fabrics. Or use any of the thousands of designs in the library. Podcast listeners, take 20% off your purchase through May 31st, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and I find it very fun to connect with somebody, to talk to them for the show, and then all of a sudden find out that they took a workshop from me years ago. It's like, wow, this, that's really cool. Uh, I am thrilled to have Danielle Bohannon here, and she is a delightful designer, and I just can't wait for us to chat. Uh, Danielle, thank you for being here. Oh, Pat, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I was so excited when you said, yes, I took a workshop with you. And it's like, oh, <laughs> neat, neat, neat. Um, and you said we had fun, so that was good, right? We, so We did. We did. We yeah. had lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. So do you, do you have quilt makers in your family? You know, my great-grandmother used to piece, and I'm encouraging Addison, my granddaughter, to piece. But other than that, it's just me. <laughs> it's just you. Right. I'm yeah. the only I, one. I, I don't have any in my family either, so I totally get that. Now, your yeah. um, business name is Luana, has Luana and Mary in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Luana Mary Quilt Designs. Are those special people? They are. Luana was my paternal grandmother, and she was a home ec teacher. And Mary was my maternal grandmother, and she kind of looked at things and flew by the seat of her pants. So I got the rules and the creative do-it-your-own-thing kind of mixed in. So I feel feel like I got the best of both worlds. Right. That's funny. Yes, I, I had a... I called mine my modern grandma, my half a modern grandma. So I had, oh. you know, you have to, 
distinguish your grandparents, right? Yes, you um, do. You do. <laughs> figure out how you got all the things you have that you do. Um, you know, your patterns are really wonderful. Uh, and I think people, Thank when you. they see them, can really relate to them. How do you like to design what you're doing now? Well, sometimes I'm, I see fabric and it has to come home with me or it has to be there. And other times a shape or a block will inspire me. And I like to do things that are easier, but they look more complicated. So I like the fabric to work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is one of the favorite kinds of patterns you like to design now? Like, is it patchwork, applique? Do you do, do, you do samplers? Um, I mostly do patchwork. Um, I've done a couple of samplers, and I enjoy them, but mostly I, I just love patchwork. I love to piece. I would rather piece than do anything, you know? <laughs> it's, it's very meditative and healing and can have a bad day or a headache and go upstairs where I sew and peace for a few minutes, and the world is much better. My headache's gone, the, you know, so I'm definitely a piecer. It also lets you sort of shut your your thinking brain down, doesn't it? And then lets you focus on something else when you're trying to make make an item. It does, and it does, and I, and I love that feeling. I mm-hmm. I just love it. Um, it's, it's like a mini it, vacation. You know, it is, and yeah. I didn't even have to leave the house. <laughs> right, right. You give your brain a vacation. It's like okay, go mm-hmm. to night, night, night on that side. That's <laughs> that's right. Take a rest. So when you're doing patchwork, do you have uh, like a little tip about patchwork that really um, that you could share? Well, I am. This is my Luana coming through. I'm very organized. I will lay out the entire block, and if I have to make several of them, they're all stacked there, and it, it's um, it's very organized the way it goes together. I you know it's there, and I find that I'm faster and more efficient. So. There's a little prep work, getting organized, getting ready, and then I can just go for it, you know, just stitch. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, several blocks are done or several pieces to make a block are done. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, there are people who like to cut everything. And I think mm. it's then you like if you're a, you feel really like to get that feeling of the fabric going under the needle that lets you just sit mm-hmm. there and do that for a long period of time. That's right. And I'm cutting is not my favorite, but cutting gets me to the piecing, which is my favorite. So it's like a necessary (laughs) evil. (laughs) Um, So tell me about your, you co-authored a book called Where Poppies Grow uh, a little while back. But I think it's a really neat story. Tell me about this book. Well, my great-grandfather lived in Hamilton, Missouri, and was joined the army and went across uh, into Europe during the war. He was a medic and he sent home bundles of letters, bundles of letters. They were to his son, which would have been my grandfather, his mom, um, his wife and his ex-wife. And somehow those were saved. I, I, I don't know who kept them, but somebody did a great job keeping them. So we had this firsthand account um, of his struggles during the war, of all the things he saw, the things he did. And obviously, um, he didn't make it home from the war, so I never was 
I never knew him, but through the letters, you could see what kind of a person he was. It was truly an act of love because it took us two years, but from start to finish, you know, mm-hmm. and um, learned a lot of history. But that firsthand experience was really something to work with. So what is the name? Of, so the, the name of the book is Where Poppies Grow. And did you, so you took some of these letters and you put the stories in and then you built a quilt around mm-hmm. it? We did. And the main quilt, which was the block of the month for the Kansas City Star, was called Remembering Almo because his mm-hmm. name was Almo, poor man, Almo Ebenezer O'Kell. Oh. Yes, I know. Poor man. But they called him Buns or Bunny. So I'm not sure if that's any better. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I built the, we built the uh, block of the month around him. And then the other quilts would have been um, expressing his mom's grief. She lost her son. There was a, you know, um, a quilt that honored the gold star mothers of the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they were all tied to events. And places that he wrote about or experienced, as well as events and um, that the people still here experienced. Mm-hmm. Did you put photos in at all? Oh yes, we have photos mm-hmm. of him. Um, photos of him. Um, he served under Blackjack Pershing in Mexico, and there were some photos that he'd sent home that had been saved there. There were photos and lots of postcards from Europe, and mm. those were put in. So it's filled with lots of authentic photos. And then after the book was published, um, I donated all of that to the World War I Museum, which happens to be located in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, neat. So you can go online and access all of that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Neat, neat, neat. So let's change gears. Okay. Um, Because... uh, I you 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 were telling me about how you know quilting when we quilt and we are now so interconnected on with having the internet to people all over the world that you made some friends that started out with a query about freezer paper. I did. I was on the Dear Jane list and they asked for volunteers to send freezer paper to uh, Provence. And I was, and in return, they, in return, they were going to send you fabric. I'm like, me, me, choose me. And yes. I emailed in and never heard. And I went, oh, I guess I was too long, you know, too slow. Yeah. And about, it was several months later, I got an email and the subject line said freezer paper. And I was like, dreaming of this fabric. And I opened yeah. it up and she is in New Zealand. And I was like, huh. But I said, okay, I can still do this. And Diane was her name, and we are still friends 17 years later, and it was one of the best things I ever did. <laughs> that is so I talked funny. to her. Oh, I'm sorry. I talked to her most every Sunday night, and mm-hmm. it's her Monday, my Sunday, and we chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I mean, I just think that is remarkable. And, and the thing is, back, I did the Jeer Jane uh, probably in mm-hmm. that same time frame when it was just one of the biggest communities on the internet for quilters. There really was right. nothing like it. Um, and freezer paper, for those people may not realize that long ago, other countries either had it and called it something else so nobody could figure it out, or they didn't have it. So it was a big thing to get freezer paper. <laughs> and applicators love it. You yeah. know? they Yes, that was something I had to learn to do because I didn't at the time, I didn't applique, and I thought, what in the world? But, yeah. mm-hmm. 
(laughs) Who knew that simple freezer paper could be so exciting to... Well, you know, if you don't have it and you hear about it and everybody talks about how great it is, you want it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. it was great. Yeah. And so um, she's returning home today from Australia and she says, I'll make it home in time to listen. And then I'm calling oh. you. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so cute. So, so we say, yeah. hi, Diane. Um, hi, Diane. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we have a couple, just a couple of minutes here. Uh, tell me, what are you working on right now? Right now, I am working pretty much on class samples. I teach locally in our adult ed program and community mm-hmm. education, and it runs on the school year. So I'm done until August, but, you know, it's ongoing. I'm working mm-hmm. on that, and I'm always designing. I work uh, design for Dirstella and Timeless Treasures and Connecting Threads, so mm-hmm. that's always fun, you know, and it's never ending because there's new fabric all the time, so they're looking for new designs. So that's yeah, it's always it's always fun to get the new fabric and then have to dream up something to showcase mm-hmm. it. I, and, and they pay me, you know. It's it's like <laughs> the dream job. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I have this question that I ask people occasionally because I'm very curious. You know, is there a place that that has quilts that is sort of on your list to experience? Well, there's two, and one of them is a definite, and that is I'm heading to New Zealand and later mm-hmm. in the year to go to their illuminating creativity, and they call them show, they don't call them shows, they call them symposiums, mm-hmm. and definitely they have a different feel to them, so I'm going to do that. But number two, I would love to see the original Dear Jane at the Bennington Museum when it oh, yeah. had its rotation and it's out. I would mm-hmm. really love to see it. Yeah. That one's easier to get to than Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, Beth. <laughs> Let's um, pick the hard one first, you know, to get it out of the right. way, right? <laughs> well, they, you know, I have so many friends over there. This will be my third trip, and I have so many friends and kind of like going to your summer home or something, you know, a home that you don't get to live at all the time, but you feel at home there too. So, And then how I'm many really dates do you stay in, on, in the symposium? Um, the symposium runs about a week and I will, pr- I'm there just about a month. Oh, okay. you know, we, oh that's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. So yeah. for, for such a long trip, it's nice to be able to, you, you stay with different friends then? I usually just stay with Diane, and we travel. Diane and her husband, Chris, and we'll travel. And um, I've been all over the North Island and the north part of the South Island, and we're really good at finding quilt shops, and they call them op shops, which would be thrift stores for vintage linens. And, yeah. Neat. Well, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate uh, you being able to come on the show. Well, I appreciate you asking me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody, uh, look for Danielle at her. You can look for Luana Mary Quilt Designs or just check my page. We'll be right back.
sewing machine is the heart and soul of my design process, and working on a machine that clicks with me makes it easy for me to create. That's why I use a variety of baby lock machines, especially the Crescendo. Baby Lock has thought through everything I need to have to create amazing quilts. I love that the control panel on my Crescendo is so intuitive and easy to use. Best of all, it's large enough to see clearly. The Crescendo's features remind me that everything Baby Lock does is for the love of sewing. Do you want to learn something new? Solve a sewing problem? Or simply be inspired to start a new project? Moda Fabrics is here to help and it won't cost you a thing. Visit modafabrics.com for free patterns, computer wallpapers, sewing tips and reference guides, and fun sewing printables. You can even find coordinating Modabella solids, Orfil threads, and hex values to any image uploaded with the new Palette Builder tool. Visit modafabrics.com and click on Free and Fun to find all this and more. And for free and fun right in your social feed, follow Moda Fabrics on Instagram. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat. So Julia Wenzel is half of the Briar Hill design team. She works with her sister-in-law, Calvary, and they create gorgeous fabric for RJR. And when I saw their fabric, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to uh, chat with them because this is just amazing. It's all just soft and pretty and glorious. So Julia, this is, I'm just really thrilled you could be here. Thanks. I am too. You know, your artwork is spectacular. Uh, have you been, did you start painting at birth? You know, did you come out with a paintbrush? Well, I'm the sewing half of Briar ah. Hill, and Caverly is the artist. And you know what? I am just so amazed by her artwork. I've just always admired what she can do. You know, it's it's really a neat partnership that you can put together the two has because it's hard to be able to do both both of those things. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you have a very rich background in uh, textiles and costuming. So t can you tell me a little bit about what you've done? Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um I'm Canadian, uh, living in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I sewed all through my teenage years making, making a lot of my own clothing. Uh, and then I studied costuming at a local university. It was a three-year diploma, and it was a sewer's paradise. Mm -hmm. Think sewing retreat that just keeps on going. It going, was, oh my uh, goodness. It was a wonderful experience. Yeah. And uh, there I learned methods of pattern drafting, how to make historically accurate clothing of the 18th and 19th centuries. I studied how to design stretchwear with a costumer that had worked at the Cirque du Soleil. And mm -hmm. I also learned custom tailoring practices and the history of fashion. Wow. Um, uh, then uh, I had a part-time job in alterations, and I really enjoyed it, but... Just for the record, for my friends back home, no, I won't have your pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. No hemming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, 
So my first love has always been formal wear. So once I graduated, I made wedding gowns, including my own and oh, other wow. formal dresses. Mm-hmm. Yes, love, absolutely love um, formal wear. And then I was married and then a mom, and my sewing morphed into making stuffed animals and clothing for my kids. And I think at that point, learning to quilt was long overdue. So I decided to give give it a go, finally, and I fell in love with quilt making. Yeah. That's so funny. You probably had done everything in sewing by the time you made a quilt. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was really, it was time. It was time. And uh, I, I felt very sad once I fell in love with it. I felt very sad that I hadn't started years earlier. <laughs> Well, you still have lots of years to quilt. So do you still make clothing? Do you still like to make clothing? Uh, You know, it's all about quilts right now. I'm very Mm -hmm. happy just just quilting. Um, But, yeah, someday I will go back to that. You know, so one of the funny stories you told me is that that you had a professor who who thought that quilting was a dying art. Um, Uh, uh, Yes. uh, They talked about how a lot of sewing – um, uh, was a dying art. And also I learned in school corset making and uh, construction practices for clothing in the 1750s. Mm. Um, and that's when the dresses were very wide on the side. Um, and uh, they were a very t- tight corset. And so, uh, and I had worked at a... Uh, a fabric store a few years before and I didn't see people my age in the store yeah uh, buying fabric um so I really felt that um what I was learning was sacred and valued and really important for us to carry on but the internet changed everything my schooling was in 1998 to 2001 and I didn't even have an email mm-hmm. address at that time oh right uh, but yeah. then there was- uh, yeah yeah, and then after YouTube launched in 2005, mm-hmm. and I spent some time browsing their content, it was so thrilling to see tutorials on creative practices being shared, and these arts will not die anytime soon, and that's just amazing to me. Yeah, I totally I totally agree that it, things, the internet just brought life to so many things that, that people might have been doing on their own. Um, yes. And, and now you found a whole community is out there. It's fabulous. Like us talking. Yeah. It's like, yay. Yay for the internet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So when did your sister-in-law and you and your sister-in-law decide that you should start collaborating on a project? Uh, well, when when her and my brother were dating, um, uh, that's when we first met. And we have been creating together since we met. She uh, sketched a design for a dress that she wanted, and I made it for her. Oh. (laughs) And then I wanted to paint a canvas for my living room, but knew that I didn't have the skills. So she came over, and we painted it together. And she Mm -hmm. also helped me plan my layout for my first few quilts. So it just made sense that we uh, worked on this creative business together. So um, she's the artist, and... um, and and carefully makes all the art for our fabric lines with our jar, and I'm the sewist and the pattern maker. Yeah. Well, you've got the mad technical skills to put it all together. 
Yeah, it's it's been an it's been really wonderful working together and just um, having each other to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. So tell me what the fabric lines look at because her artwork is you know very painterly. How does that translate into fabric? Um. Well, um, we work together on gathering inspiration for our collection. Uh, then Caverly will do some pencil sketches of the prints that we're considering. Mm -hmm. This helps us to see them together and see if they're working well or not. Sometimes we'll change the scale of a print or realize that a print needs more or less artwork or nix the print altogether. Mm -hmm. Once we're happy with these pencil sketches, Caverly paints all the artwork for every print. It all gets scanned into the computer, and then in Photoshop and Illustrator, we take all the background away. It's almost like cutting out the artwork from the page, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we arrange the artwork into a pattern. Neat. That's a, It's a, such a process, isn't it, to get from the idea to final fabric? Mm -hmm. It's true, and something that that really interested me about the process is that since it's watercolor and it's very, um, very pale mm -hmm. and you're painting on white fabric, sometimes she would have to use darker colors than we intended to have on the fabric just so that we could get the shape of the images and then we could change the colors back afterwards ah. to the colors that we wanted. Yeah. Right. Well, that's interesting, you know, because it's a that's a technical problem then that you have to solve and then put it back. That's put it one right. way, then, yeah. then stick it, put it back. Uh, what kind do you do a, a variety of scales in your line? A scale, you know, size of the prints in your line. Do you have small, medium, large? Uh, yeah. So um, our uh, they're both watercolor floral based lines. And we have uh, geometrics, we've got plaids, and uh, a large-scale master, and some small uh, calico florals as well, yeah. Mm. So what is the name of the current line that's, or the line that people can find in the stores right now? Uh, that's Bequest. So our first okay. collection uh, was released in 2017, that's June's mm -hmm. Cottage, and our second collection was released in 2018, and that's Bequest. Um, June's Cottage has pastel purples, blues, yellows, and greens, uh, and Bequest is in stores now, and it's, it's all bright blues and white, inspired by Delft blue dishes. Oh, oh, how gorgeous. And mm -hmm. what kind of quilts have you designed to showcase that blue and white? Such a classic. Uh, I have an applique quilt that's called Cameo and has a silhouette of a woman on the mm. front. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've, I have this uh, pattern called Mulberry, and that one is a variation of a Lone Star. Okay. And I also designed a pillow. It's a textural pillow um, that has mm -hmm. a scallop um, little pinches in the fabric. Uh, it's, just a, it's a fun pillow to make, and that's and called I Prim. And I bet you have like a million ways that you could make things because of all the different experience you have with with fiber and clothing and all that. I mean, there's so many different textures that we quilters don't use. Well, um, yeah, it's it's neat. 
um, having having had the education that I had, I wasn't afraid of curved piecing or <laughs> applique, and yeah. I was. I'm totally interested in a challenge in making that approachable for other uh, sewists. So my patterns, I really try to fill them with the tools that they need to be able to proceed with confidence and um, in whatever one of my patterns they choose to, to make. So what is one of your favorite applique sort of um, methods or tips of something you do? Oh, yeah. Um, my new favorite applique method is water-soluble paper turn. Mm. How it works is the, the fabric seam allowance is turned around a special foundation paper that's cut to the shape of the applique piece. Mm-hmm. And that can stay in even when mm-hmm. it's sewn into place. Um, some of these leave-in foundation papers completely dissolve when they're washed, and some mm-hmm. loosen to create a little bit of a batting under the applique. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the one that I like best is uh, wash-away wash applique sheets by Beth Farrier. Mm-hmm. They're also fusible, so my process is once I trace my motif onto the paper and cut it out, I can fuse the paper to the back side of my fabric, then I cut the fabric around, leaving a seam allowance, and use a fabric glue stick to fold down the seam allowance. And then it just needs to be hand-stitched in, leaving the paper in, and the paper will either wash away or it softens over time. Um, so I have a couple of applique patterns out, and mm-hmm. I've written them to be compatible with uh, a variety of applique methods. Uh, but my personal favorites are freezer paper turn, and this water-soluble paper turn mm-hmm. that I've just, just mentioned. Yeah. Um, this summer, I'm hoping to do a lot of applique sewing as I spend as much time as I can um, at the beach with my kids. So that's I'm a good goal. Summer. Yes. <laughs> that's a, yes. That's a good I'm goal. excited to, to have a sewing room, um, have, have a project to work on that's not in my sewing room that I can just take with us. Mm-hmm. And you'll do that so, by like hand applique then? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be hand applique. Um my goal is one block a week. I'm using my sweet bloom pattern and I'm mm-hmm. just going to do like an um a three across, three down layout of the big eighteen inch block. So I'll have a full size quilt by the end of the summer. Julia, that this has been wonderful. We ran out of time, but I thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody visit Julia at Briar Hill Designs and see their amazing work. We'll be right back. I want to talk for a minute about Baby Lock. They're passionate about sewing and they're the most knowledgeable group that I've worked with. They want to make all of our experiences successful. Baby Lock is wonderfully realistic when it comes to their machine lineup. They have a range of machines in various categories and a variety of features. If you don't need a certain function, you can just find a machine that fits you. And best of all, they include my designs on the new Solaris. Start at the beginning. Design your next quilt like the pros. Quilt designers Nancy Mahoney and Alice Blythe both use Electric Quilt 8 software to design their gorgeous quilts. And you can too. 
Get EQ8 and start designing just minutes after you purchase. Podcast listeners, take 20% off through May 31st, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. I'm always very excited when I have somebody who come back on for an encore and also when they're very good friends of mine, Amy Smart of Diary of a Quilter. I'm sure you have been to her website or her Instagram or her Facebook and just uh, follow along because she's so creative. Thanks for being here, Amy. Hi, Pat. I'm so excited. Yeah, you have been out traveling, world traveling, and that's one of the reasons, like, I was, like, thinking, I need to talk to you because you've gone and done some really fun things. Uh, And also, since you were here last time, you have fabric lines you've been putting out with Riley Blake. They're gorgeous. Oh, thank you. It's been a fun new adventure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning as I go, but it's been really fun. I've been really grateful for the reception they've had. So uh, what is the current line that is in stores of yours? So my current line is called Gretel, mm-hmm. and it's it, all, my, all of my lines have been kind of based on my 1970s childhood nostalgia. <laughs> my mom was a sewer back then. She'd make our clothes, and yeah. so a lot of the prints and things are, are kind of based on similar prints and colors that she used for mm-hmm. me growing up. And so that's been really, my mom's so tickled by it. It's been really fun to kind of recreate. So Gretel is is my third line, and it is um, kind of based on the folk art, kind of German-inspired folk art that was popular then. Mm-hmm. My mom had a lot. She had, she had traveled as a college student and, and bought dirndls in oh. Austria and, um, <laughs> for her nieces, and we ended up wearing them growing up, so... This collection is kind of a throwback to, to some of that nostalgia. was raised on the sound of music, you know, all of yeah. that. So, and actually kind of fun because I didn't know it as a child. But my husband was – actually, his parents were stationed in Germany uh, with the American military twice. And he was born there, and ah. um, he graduated from high school there. So it's kind of a fun way to pull in his German connections, too. Yeah, that's cool. I li- I went to school in Germany as well. That's uh, I didn't know in, that. Yeah, in Wiesbaden. So that's where. Oh, wow, that's yeah. so cool. He he was in Nuremberg. So uh, yeah, times, but... just down the road. Just down. of course, I <laughs> so I may beautiful. have been there before so him though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just so a couple fun. of weeks. I never knew. Yeah. So the other thing, um, that, you know, that I wanted to talk about. Amy, is that you did a trip to Ireland, and I was following along, look at your things, and then you were like telling, talking about this quilting technique that I was like, I've never heard of that. So Manx quilting, what what is this all about? Did you know yes. about it beforehand? Oh, I didn't know about it. It was it was such a fun story, actually. Um, actually, I went I went to to England and with some mm. friends. And um, we ended up going to actually this this little island. It's right between England and Ireland, but it's got a lot of influence of both Celtic and 
and British. Anyways, it's called the Isle of Man. And so hence the Manx. That's where Manx mm-hmm. comes from. That's kind of the descriptive term of the, the native people and the, the traditional language is Manx. Oh, okay. The, on the Isle of Man. And it's um, this cute, cute little island. It's actually, if you've ever, if anyone's familiar with um, Thomas the Tank Engine, the <laughs> Isle of Sodor that Thomas lives on is based on the Isle of Man. So it's this cute mm-hmm. little island. And I'd lived there in my 20s for like six months. And mm. so it was, it was just really fun to go back. But of course, the day that we were there, the one day we had to kind of drive around, it was just pouring rain the oh. whole day, oh. <laughs> which seemed like such a bummer at the time. Yeah. Because you just couldn't see these beautiful views. And it was still very quaint and wonderful, but not, not quite the same. Anyways, mm. we visited. They have a folk village, a historic folk village there where they have the, some of the traditional homes and, and farms. So you can kind of get a feel for what it would have been like, you know, in the past centuries. And um, I'd been there before, but I'd never gone in any of the homes or buildings because it was always beautiful and we were just outside. But mm-hmm. this day, because of the rain, we went inside a few of the homes and we walked inside one of them and they were having this Manx quilting demonstration, and I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know anything about it. So it was so serendipitous that it happened to rain that day. So I would go inside, and (laughs) I had so much fun learning. It's just their technique. It's really similar to an American log cabin block. Mm -hmm. You look at it, it looks very similar. But its construction is is very different, Um, and it's all because they – because they were so isolated on an island, mm-hmm. they just had such limited supply of, you know, quilting supplies, any quilt, you know, even any sewing supplies, even sewing machines or scissors. It was just that their, their, their possessions were so limited. And their mm-hmm. light, I mean, they didn't even have a lot of access to, to good lighting, you know, unless mm. it was daylight. So this was meant to be done inside when it's cold and dark. And, and so it's very forgiving. It's a, it's kind of like a quilt as you go technique, mm-hmm. so the everything's sewn onto a um, what's the word like a backing square, like a foundation. Yes, like a foundation, yeah. and it's it's hand done, and the method is it's it's kind of like building the log cabin strip by strip as you go, but you fold back the strip and instead of folding it all the way flat where you know you have a nice flat seam Mm -hmm. you only fold it you leave about a quarter inch um fold and so it they didn't have a lot of batting they didn't so this kind of gave the the quilt some extra weight without having to to put batting in it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it was just a fun the lady that was there demonstrating she had the most beautiful accent and it was I, I captured a little video and I, I, I've got it on my blog but it was just so fun to to learn and then as I shared that I was just amazed by the response that people just loved that blog post yeah I, I think it well, struck a, a chord right it's you know when we hear about something in quilting particularly like when we've quilted for quite a while or have had a passion for it, maybe before you know, we were even in business and then to find and hear about something we didn't know, uh, yeah. it's, it's like, hey, that's exciting. It was so fun. It was really fun. And I've since 
had pe- some pe- you know people leave comments or send me emails like mm-hmm. either having a connection to the Isle of Man themselves or or having tried it and learned it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's just been fun to to see the response to something <laughs> old, new and old. At the new and old, yes. Yep. Yeah, you do really great articles, um, Amy. You know you're oh, always. Thanks putting out something very interesting on your website. So for those of you who haven't been uh, subscribing to Amy's stuff, you need to do that, Diary of a Quilter. I think I've been following you since you started, which, congratulations, has been, what, 10 years ago, right? Yes, it's hard. It's just amazing <laughs> how time flies. I don't think yeah. I would have thought I'd still be doing it 10 years later, but it's, I love it just as much as now, so it's really fun. Yeah, the it is fun to write on our websites because we can tell a richer story. I agree. I I still really like blogging for that reason. Like this mm-hmm. this being a perfect this Manx quilting being a perfect mm-hmm. example to really share the photos and the you can just I love reading other people's blogs for that same reason. You can just really mm-hmm. tell the hear the story, see see all the visuals and, and connect yeah. that way. Right. It tells a full story. It seems to me it's like reading a book, you know, you just yeah. get the whole, the whole thing uh, explained. So, so I would, this switch gears here. I want to talk a little bit about some of your favorite tools because you've, okay. um, you know, you use a lot of different tools. Uh, you're a baby lock ambassador. Uh, you also have access, you know, to a, a lot of fun things that you've worked on. What's kind of a, what, what tool are you using right now that you were like, yes, it's here. Oh, I know. And they're always just fun new tools, always coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my recent favorites that I just bought was, um, a new cutting mat, which sounds like yeah. kind of an obvious tool, but <laughs> I really love, I, I bought one of, um, it's a cutting mat that Christopher Thompson, who's the tattooed quilter on social mm-hmm. media, um, that he designed for Riley Blake designs. They're mm-hmm. the ones that, that sell it. And it, I love it cause it's, it's white on one side and black on the other. So it's just really clean. So, you know, if I'm cutting white fabric, I flip it over to the black side, which works mm-hmm. really great. I just love it cause it has quarter-inch lines marked. I, I finally bought myself a big girl quilt mat that's 24 by 36 inches. Oh. That's been so dreamy. It's been <laughs> fun. And I love it because I take a lot of pictures for my mm-hmm. business, and, and that white, well, on the black, both sides, they just, the pictures look really pretty. The fabric just pops. So yep. it's a win-win quilt mat. Yep. <laughs> now I need to get one. Now, now I've got mat envy, so I'm going it's to have good. to find one. going to have to get it's one here. So, you know, you're using the Destiny 2 from Baby Lock. We're both ambassadors. Um, yes. What is, what is one of your favorite features on the Destiny 2? Oh, my gosh. I feel so lucky that I get to work with Baby Lock and that they let me use this machine. <laughs> and I feel <laughs> I like this is a real big girl machine. And, yes. and I, oh, it's been a dream to sew on. I, I love the stitch. I, I love the, the, the automatic needle threader. I mean, that sounds so mm-hmm. basic, but it's so great. On this big really, machine, yeah. that that would be one of my favorite features. Yeah. But I love the laser guideline. I just love the way it sews. It's just so beautifully. And I feel like I'm still, I'm still learning the um, embroidery functions. I've mm-hmm. I've played with it some, and I've done some fun things. There's oh, I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface though. Yeah. What it's capable there, of. 
Yeah, they're incredible machines. They have so many features. I think you're you're I think you're ahead of me on the embroidery part though. <laughs> Shh, <don't laughs> I'm excited because I'm signed up. I like I said I've done some, but I've signed up for a class at my local shop to really to learn more so I can really oh. harness its powers. Ah, yes. That's awesome. Yes, I need to do that too. I need to get Harness all the features, get them all organized. Know, yes, <laughs> come on. Uh, so we have about about a minute, uh, Amy. What are you currently working on? Well, I'm I'm in the middle of getting ready. I'll be at Quilt Market this this spring. I, I'm going to have my fourth fabric collection come out in the fall. So mm-hmm. I'm getting I'm in the middle of designing some new patterns that will coordinate with that. I have one that I'm in the works that I really really love. So. I, th- I have a, a tutorial on my on my site that's these improv trees that's mm-hmm. been really popular, and so this is kind of a new take on that that I think takes it to a fun new level. So it's going to be really cute. Yeah, it's always exciting when you've got a design in progress and you're so excited. You know, you yourself are excited about it. that. Feeling is great. It is. It is. It's so much more fun to work when the creative juices are flowing. Than mm-hmm. when they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're like, I have a deadline. What? I haven't what drawn anything yeah. yet. That's like... <laughs> oh my goodness! So I will see you in uh, a few weeks then. Yay! I look forward to it. Okay. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much. It's always so fun to talk to you, Pat. Everybody visit Amy at Diary of a Quilter. Uh, I am Pat Sloan. You can. Come out to Facebook and join my Quilt Along with Pat Sloan group. Uh, We're doing a lot of fun projects, and it's a very large community, so you can see things from all around the world and talk to quilters from all around the world, uh, just like Danielle did when she met her friend. So we'll see you uh, next time. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.